Lord is good. And all the time. All right. Before we take our seats, let's quickly do our usual of declaring the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, let's do that from Psalm number 29. We're going to do two of them. We'll do Psalm 29 and then quickly go to Colossians chapter 1. Psalm number 29. If you are there, say amen. Amen. All right. We'll read it um, together in a blessed voice. One, two, let's go. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord, real strength. Ascribe to the Lord, the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calf and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everything says glory. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Amen. I said amen. amen. <laughs> the Lord will bless his people with peace. Amen. I feel like saying that again and I wanted to say an amen to it. The Lord will bless you with peace. Amen. Why do I feel like people are not receiving it? Apostle. Let's do it again. The Lord will bless you with peace. Amen. He will bless you with peace today. Amen. And tomorrow. Amen. And when election results are announced. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord sits as king forever. Amen. Over this nation, he is king. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's quickly declare another one, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ from the book of Colossians chapter 1. We'll be quick with that, and then we get into our study for today. Colossians chapter 1, we usually start from verse 13 and read all the way to verse 20. We like to remind ourselves and remind the spirits around concerning these things. One, two, let's go. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, what are things on earth or things in heaven. Remember, this him, 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 is talking about Jesus Christ. Do you remember that? Do you realize that? This him is Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God. By him, all things were created. He is before all things. He is also head of the body, 
Christ Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Christ Jesus has come to have first place in everything. The Father said, it pleases me for all the fullness to dwell in Christ Jesus. And through Christ, all things have been reconciled to the Father through the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. Now that is Jesus who we follow. That's the Jesus whom we serve. That's the Jesus who we give our lives to. And for that, for his sake, we are gathered again here. Father, we give you praise for that privilege, for that opportunity. Lord, from you today we receive insight. Lord, grant us wisdom. Grant us understanding. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. We receive it by faith. Therefore, we declare as follows. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. You're already blessed. Take your seats. Let's get into the teaching for today. Faith is what we are talking about. We're looking at the fundamental principles of faith again. Remember, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and what? Sincere faith. Christianity, at the end of the day, comes to some fundamental and simple things. That's why it was so easy for a man like Abraham to walk with God, even though he didn't have all the technology we have today, nor didn't have the amount of Bible studies and stuff we have. Because at the end of the day, three things he needed to have. One, what's the first one? Love from a pure heart. Two, a good conscience. And number three, sincere faith. That's it. He had those things. You see them demonstrated in his life again and again. Okay. You see, he was concerned about the welfare of people around him. See the way he took care of Lot when there was a problem in the family? Saw the way he took care of those angels, even though he did not know they were angels. He had a good conscience. Everything he did, he did openly before the Lord. Even when he won some things in battle, he said, I don't want you to say I made Abraham rich. He walked with a good conscience. Even though God had promised him the land, when his wife Sarah died, he bought the land from the current owners and he buried the woman there. If it's many of us who go and start fighting, God promised me this land. He said, there's no problem. If God promised it to me, he will give it to me. Now, the way by which he wants to, he wants to the method by which he wants to use, this English is confusing now. The method he's using right now, let's make it simple, is purchase. So he came and bought the land. Good conscience. Sincere faith. Everything God told him, he walked by. Let Ishmael go. He allowed Ishmael to go. Sacrifice Isaac. He sacrificed Isaac. And if anyone can fulfill these three things, your Christianity is genuine. The Lord is good. So we're talking about those fundamental principles of faith again. And I want to continue today by reading from two portions of the scriptures. The first one we will read, let's start from Hebrews chapter 11. It says from verse 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Faith is a conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old, they gained approval. 
By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Now that's all I want, these three verses, especially this last verse. But let me just read a few more so as to complete um, some more reading. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts. And through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him. For he obtained the witness that before he is being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, that is God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I've read six verses. Let's stop there. Now, there's something I want to talk about. Actually, that was my plan last time. So I will just continue from that point. To talk about this, the working of faith in our lives in this particular area. Now, before I expound this, let me just read this portion again as an illustration. And that will be from the book of um, Joshua. The story that happened at I. Initially, you wonder why I'm reading this, but you'll get, you'll get my reason in a moment. Now, Joshua chapter 7. He said, but the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. Now, this was after Jericho, you will remember. For Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore, the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Now, that's, a, that's in parenthesis. Now, let's now get to the real story. Now, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethaven east of Bethel, and said to them, go up and spy out the land. So the men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all the people go up. Only about two or three thousand men need to go up to Ai. Do not make all the people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men from the people went up there. But at the end, they fled from the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. So the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. Now this is why I'm reading this. This is verse 6. Joshua tore his clothes fell out to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening, both he and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why did you ever bring these people over the Jordan only to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been willing to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say? Since Israel had, has turned their back before their enemies. Now jump to verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, rise up. Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. And they have even taken some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. So a number of laws there, a number of uh, offenses. One, transgress the covenant, disobey the instructions that I gave them. In addition, in the battle of Jericho, they did something that was out of order. Now, there's a reason why I'm reading all of this. 
Let me just quickly add one more scripture to it. Then I can start talking without having to interrupt with much reading. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Don't bother reading, opening to it. I'll just read it out to you. From verse 28. For they are a nation lacking in counsel, and there is no understanding in them. Notice that word, understanding again. We read it earlier in Hebrews chapter 11. Would that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would descend their future. How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock has sold them and the Lord had given them up? Indeed, their rock is not like our rock, that is the enemies. Even our enemies themselves judge this. For their vine is from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of poison. Their clusters bitter. Their wine is a venom of serpents and a deadly poison of cobras. I'm going to stop reading this here. Then we can start teaching. The Lord is good. What am I talking about today? There's an angle to faith I want us to understand. Now let me say this to you quickly. The Bible says, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. Again, I will start by saying that how you see life is crucial. How you understand life is crucial. You know, faith is so powerful. I said it last time when we began this. Faith is so powerful that if a man trying to walk across a pond, falls inside the pond and drowns. And he gets to the Lord. He says, why did I enter the pond and drown? He wouldn't say, oh foolish Galatians, don't you know you are not fish? I hope you're getting my point. You're not a fish. He won't, no, he won't say that. He will say, why did, I, why did you drown? He said, because of the littleness of your faith. If you say to Jesus, I was driving my car, and there were criminals, robbers on this side, and there were policemen on this side, I did not know, and I drove in the middle of them, and while they were exchanging bullets, or, or uh, firepower, you know, they were firing at each other, I got caught in the crossfire. I was hit, and I died. And you go to the Lord Jesus Christ, and say, what happened? He will say to you, because of the smallness of your faith. He will never say, bullets are dangerous. Jesus will never say to you, that bullets are dangerous. That you should have stayed at home. What he will just say to you is that, son, your faith was small. Otherwise, you may have heard the sound of the bullets. And you'll have driven past in a car that's not bulletproof. And nothing will have by any means hurt you. I hope you're getting my point. Faith is so powerful. It's so powerful. If the sun is too hot and you say to the Lord, why is the sun so hot and it's burning us up like this? He will say because of the smallness of your faith. That if your faith was big enough, you would have looked at the sun and said, you are too hot, calm down. And nothing would have been impossible for you. I hope you are getting my point. When God threw a dose of faith in the heart of a man, you know, I read science quite a bit, and I enjoy you know, studying, especially people that do advanced um, astronomy, advanced physics. Why is the earth like this? What is, the, is there anything outside this universe? What is the speed of light? What is the speed of gravity? Why is, why is time space warped? All those kind of, I like listening to them. Then go for YouTube these days where I don't have to read and rack my brain. They'll be there talking, I'll be looking, and they'll be explaining. So I understand the forces that control this universe, they are so powerful. Hey, by the way, just a small aside, scientists are constantly confused. They've revised everything they are saying so many times in this my short adult life. Because when I was in university, I read A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. That guy made physics very, very popular. Read that book, Brief History of Time. He sold, I, forgot, I, don't, I don't know how many copies I said now. The man became a household name amongst those who were in, into such things. Stephen Hawking. 
at that time, they predicted that this universe will end with what they call a big crunch. That is like, it's expanding. The rate of expansion is slowing down. Like a rubber, no, like, you know, it's elastic. So now it's moving out. Eventually, it will slow down. And then what will happen? It will collapse on itself again. And then everything will end up in one small ball. I read that book in 1989. By the 90s, Hubble Space Telescope had proven that that was nonsense. Stephen Hawking did a PhD on it. The black hole and everything. He did his PhD on it. Wrote a fantastic book on a brief history of time. By the 90s, Hubble Space Telescope has shown them that this universe is expanding quite all right. But the rate of expansion is not reducing. It is increasing. Which means the possibility of its collapsing on itself cannot be conceived right now. They took that one away. Then when they did the calculation, did the calculation... The rate of expansion. They now say, no, it's even more than we thought it was before. And let me not bore you with details. They've, they keep on revising it. All right? With all of this revision, with all of these forces, there's what they call dark matter, dark energy. Hmm? One day God puts faith in the heart of one man. The man looked at the sun and said, hey, stop moving. And the sun stood still. That cannot be explained. Now, let me explain something to you. Why did the sun stop moving? Because right now, what we know about movement is relative. So is it that the earth stopped moving relative to the sun, or the sun decided to change its speed relative to the earth, but whatever it is, the sun relative to the earth kept shining. And Joshua did not study physics. See, all these things I used to waste your time the last few minutes, talking about Big Bang and dark matter, dark energy. Joshua had no idea. He just said, we need to finish this battle. And he looked at the sun. The sun did not move relative to the earth, nor did the moon shift relative to the earth. Until he was done. Now says, son, you can keep moving. Ezekiel did a sign. God made the sun there go backward. When people tell you that the, the virgin birth is not possible, I can't even argue with them. Because to me, you know nothing. You don't know enough for me to be having a rational conversation with you. You don't even know this physical life. What I'm trying to say is this. Faith is so powerful. Do you get my point? That Jesus looked and said, if you have faith, nothing will be impossible to you. That's what he said. Nothing. Nothing. And God gave some dramatic demonstrations in scripture. One of the earliest ones he did was to make Sarah conceive. Yeah. He confounded everybody. Then we were raising the dead. Elijah, was it um, Elijah raised the dead, right? Which dead did he raise again? Quickly remind me. Elijah. The widow of Zarephath. Elisha did the same. The Shunammite woman. The son. Raising the dead wasn't too... Jesus started doing it regularly. Widow of nine. Oh yeah? Get up. Talita. Kumi. <laughs> when I was young, one of my friends used to say that thing like an incantation. Say, so want to move. They say, right now, this is going to move. Kalita kumi, talita kumi, talita kumi. And I'm looking like, where did you learn that from? I didn't know what's in the Bible. <laughs> the Bible tells us the meaning, which means little girl I say unto you. Arise. Arise. Then one day, to show the power of faith, Jesus waited for a man to die and to rot. Four days, Lazarus was dead. Then he said to them, did I not say to you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, Though he dies, he shall live again. Ah, 
He said, I know you will wake up with Lazarus. He said, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection and the life. Roll back the stone when they got there. Sir, by now, there will be a stench. He said, I wanted you to say that. It's important to record this down for generations. That even you people knew that he would have rotted by now. Nevertheless, at thy word. Never forget that thing. Nevertheless, at thy word. It's important. It's all over scripture. Nevertheless, at thy word. Peter told him. We've toiled all night and caught nothing. You want to make us look like we don't know fishing? Sir, with all due respect, you're a carpenter. Look at the natural perspective. Nevertheless, at thy word. They rolled away the stone because he said so. Then he lifted up his eyes to God and prayed a summary prayer. Say, Father, I thank you because you've heard me. Say, indeed, you hear me always. All this noise I'm making here is I want them to hear so that they'll be able to record what really happened. So he said, Lazarus, come forth. When you pray and you make a lot of noise, it's a reflection of your passion, I understand it. But it does not improve the efficacy of your prayer. See, when I see Christians make a lot of noise when I'm praying, it doesn't impress me. It doesn't in any way impress me. The most powerful prayers in scripture, go and read it, they were not loud. When Hannah prayed and God heard, they said only her lips moved. Her voice was not heard. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, it's not all the noise that people make in prayer. I don't have any problem with the noise you make reflecting your, like if you are crying, if the thing they pain you. And cry now. If the passion is heavy in your heart, if for that reason you shout, I hope you're getting my point, your shout does not scare God. He won't change his mind. That why are you making noise? After all, Anna did not make noise. And I heard her. It doesn't take offense. I hope you're getting my point. But I just want Christians to understand, don't make it look like the scream is necessary. And one person you must never scream at is the devil. Don't make him look like you're scared of him. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. Now, what am I saying all of this is? Jesus just spoke gently. Don't think he shouted, Lazarus, Laz, Laz, remember me. No, Lazarus, comfort. The, the power in words is not tied to the volume. It's not, it's not. In fact, the more you shout, the less... The authority inside. I hope you're getting my point. Now, when the Lord spoke to Lazarus and told him to come forth, why did he need to shout is because, listen, this was not physical hearing. The man's brain had decayed. So no matter how much you shout, there's no way to communicate with him. So you either have your access into the spirit or you don't have. Do you get my point? But I'm saying all of this to just emphasize the fact that even though the man had been dead for four days, now people said that the reason why he waited for four days was because of a Jewish culture or belief, that the spirit of a man hangs around for three days after he dies. So Jesus, okay, let's be sure that this one is no longer hanging around. He went to the first day. And then Lazarus came back to life, bound hand and foot, and was at the door of the grave. What does that tell you? He didn't walk down there. The power of the spirit took him, gave him life, brought him, dropped him there. So he said, so he can walk, lose this man now, and let him go. I'm going to describe what faith is. Faith is so powerful. Listen to me. Trees we hear. When a man of faith speaks, faith makes trees hear. Jesus walked to that tree. Nobody will eat from your fruit again. And when he with that, the disciples came to him, Peter and Co. Master, the tree you cursed yesterday is dead. What happened? He said, have faith in God. It was the summary of it. Have faith in God. That is, If the crops 
on your farm don't hear you, the problem is your faith. I don't know whether you are getting my point. If the economy crumbles your business, the problem is your faith. And you see, what do people do? Every day they settle down and discuss the economy. And of course, the economy always has a punching bag, a scapegoat. What's that person's name? The president. Thank you. Oh God, you know what we are talking about. This is the president. There's one guy I know, morning, afternoon, and night. He will show you what the dollar was when the current president came in, what it is right now. And to him, it is proof that this man has done very badly. Now, just so that you understand how life works, that has no meaning. Because for it to have meaning, you have to remove him and show me what it would have been if he wasn't there. If you can't compare the two, you are guessing, you're just talking nonsense. Just, just to help you understand life. Anyway, they'll go around and say, you see, you see, you see. Meanwhile, Jesus is saying that, you know why your whole life tumbled? It has nothing to do with the head of state. It has nothing to do with the economy. What is it about? Your faith. That if your faith were at the right level, or was at the right level, you would have thrived irrespective of the economy. I hope you're getting my point. He said, if your faith was at the right level, you would have thrived irrespective of who was the head of state. And I dare to say, when you see the economy of a whole country collapse, the faith level in the whole nation is down. And the judgment level is high. One thing that God has made clear to me clearly, I don't, I don't even have any doubt about it, is that, see, this food that we eat, he distributes it. I pray you can understand what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with your personal productivity. He distributes it. If he says nobody will eat. Listen, you look at most of these so-called advanced countries. We learned that from Greek when I was in secondary school, and I left secondary school long ago. As at that time, only 5% of the people were engaged in agriculture. Yet they have so much food that they can actually literally throw it away into the Atlantic. No, don't worry. It's not technology. It's not technology. I mean, and you see what I'm saying in a moment. If you read scripture, if you read your Bible, you will have known that it's not technology. Because there was a time God revealed to Joseph, that for the next seven years, there was going to be abundance in Egypt. What did they do differently? You'll have said, okay, no, it's because that was around the time that they invented the multi-headed plow. And then at that time, they had the multi-legged plow. And then they had the multi-combined harvesting. And you tell all that story. Okay, fine. Then how come it did not work in the next seven years? Because the abundance came before the leanness. But God revealed it and said to them, to Joseph, there's going to be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of leanness. Leanness so bad, you will quickly forget the seven years of abundance. That tells me clearly. So when you see food is abundant in the place, it's God that gave the food. I'm talking about what faith does. What am I going to emphasize? So no matter how bad the economy might be, listen to me, faith will make you thrive in the midst of a bad economy. And you will see what Satan does, is his active work, is to make you think the problem is not your faith, the problem is your environment. Did you hear what I said? It's a satanic assignment. To keep on making you think it's not your faith, you are not the problem. It's the environment. It's the president. It's the political party. Meanwhile, God says you don't get it. The way I've designed it, no matter what is going on around you, if your faith is, let me use the, borrow the word, accurate, then you will hardly feel any of these things. In fact, if I allowed you to feel it, it's so that you'll be able to intercede and have compassion on those who don't have it because not all men have faith. 
Please, I hope you are following what I'm going to say here. This faith thing is crucial. And I noticed that, even, you know, little by little, especially when we prosper, especially when we prosper, it kind of drifts away from us. Yes, it does. The kind of faith we use to get results when we didn't have. When God has given us abundance, we tend to forget it. And occasionally, he pushes us to remember. It's called the danger of prosperity. That's what I call it. It leads us into what the Bible calls the complacency of fools. You know the truth? If you go and read that portion of, I think, Proverbs chapter 1, when you use the word, if you use New American Standard, it says the complacency of fools. The literal Hebrew, which is what you find in King James, is the prosperity of fools destroys them. Why did New American Standard use the word complacency? Because it said in the Hebrew, the, what, the word is prosperity, they understood. But that it was not prosperity in itself that was destroying the fool, but the complacency that came as a result of the prosperity. So that's why prosperity, what, what prosperity does. That's what health insurance does. It removes your faith for healing. That's what medicines do. They are available. It removes your faith for healing. That's what connections do. When you have much of that, it removes your faith for solving problems. And it's a danger. That's how, how life is. Life has dangers. Everything has you know, pitfalls. Everything has its risks. The risk of prosperity is that your faith will become weak. There are times I've heard people brag on it that, no, ah, I don't want to go, go back to that time. I understand that you don't want to go back to that time of laziness, But don't forget, the Bible says, count it all joy if you fall into such times. Why? Because what it produces for you, of course, that time is a trial of your faith. It works patience. If you understand what patience is, patience is faith extended over time. There's a kind of prayer you pray when you have nowhere else to go. And let me just, again, small digression. This country, God needs people that have nowhere else to go to rescue the nation. One will make it a, a, a law that we must all have alternative plans in case the country implodes so we can run away. We have denied God the faith that he requires to pour his blessing into our midst. You know what I found out? Very few, this is the truth. This is complete honest truth. There are very few Christians right now in this nation that can pray effectively for the country. There are very few. There are very few. Many times people call prayer for the country. Like now. <laughs> Yesterday I saw somebody say, we are going online now. We are going to pray. I wonder if we can join. I said, join you? Who? Me? You? Join what? So we need to pray for Saturday's election. I said, the one we have been doing since last year is not working, Abby. So the crisis, they say there's crisis. What's crisis? What is the crisis? I don't know. Is there anything strange that happened in the last 24 hours that I don't know about? We need to dive into prayer. Because uh, some forces, uh, they want to collect it. <laughs> They've been trying to collect it for four years. What's your problem? You think it's today they started? If I stay awake because of this election, you get a problem. You have not been praying. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> As a sign of my faith. Now, God, I beg. I have prayed. You have heard. I will continue to pray with thanksgiving. But I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. Many people are praying deep. Nothing but panic. Some man preached yesterday. I could see the panic in his face. No, we need to pray. We need to pray. I said, oh God, your candidate is losing. All this noise you're making. <laughs> no, no, it's true now. You have done the permutation. Your candidate is losing. You know, I said, we need to pray. Pray for what? I said, bro, I'm not praying. I am going to sleep. God heard us. And I sent the person a message. I said, bro, relax. Just like what I preached earlier now. So everybody relax. Fear shouldn't be just directing you. Suddenly you have a new prayer point because it's the day before election. 
It's called rumors of war. <laughs> that is what is scaring you. Come on, relax. How did I get there? What was I trying to say again? I've read that and relaxing again. Anyway, the problem is, I was talking about complacency. What happens a lot of times is that when we are prospered, those are the issues that we have. We end up having our faith weakened because of alternatives. And occasionally, God actually shakes us up and says, like he did to, we read the other time, to Asa. Say, come on, stop that. Your faith has become weak because I gave you rest around about. So it brings a small trouble. The purpose of that trouble was just to wake Asa up. So that Asa will learn to pray again. And he will realize that the same God who heard him that first time is still hearing him now. But the man's faith was so bad, he imprisoned the prophet. Who corrected? He went the wrong way. A prophet came to correct him. The man took offense. I feel like reiterating it again. This faith is so important. Work hard. I wanted to say die for it. Almost kill yourself for it. The faith is crucial. Strategize to build it up. Don't ever forget. Now, why did I read all these things I, I read? First of all, we read from Hebrews chapter 11. Before I quote Hebrews chapter 11, let me quickly go back to that. Um, of course, we read from Deuteronomy chapter 32. I want to quote that, um, refer us to what we read in Daniel, um, Joshua chapter 7. Now, just to remind us of what happened, by faith, they won in Jericho. Remember what happened in Jericho? For those who may have forgotten, Jericho was a walled city. They had beautiful walls. The walls were quite thick. All you know is that people had houses in the walls. Not just on the walls now, but in the walls, you know. Quite, you know, very big wall. They said eight chariots. The story we read was that eight chariots, this chariot could be about this width, all right? Could side by side run on those walls. They're quite big. Anyway, whatever it is, Israel could not, could not, uh, what's the English word? Breach, yeah, could not penetrate, could not breach the walls. It was not possible for them. The gates were locked. So God told them, no, you don't need to do that. I read a book long ago, which an angel narrated the role they played in that. And then the funny thing is that I read the book, the man told the encounter they had with the angels, before I read the commentary that confirmed what the angels said to that man. So God told them, all right, every day you walk around the wall. How many times? Once, all right? Then on the seventh day you go around seven times. At the seventh time, you blow your trumpet, and then you shout, and then the walls will come down. Now, we used to think the wall fell down. The wall didn't fall down. We found out later, and that has been proven. The wall sank. It sank, because if it fell, each man couldn't go right in front of him. And the Bible said they went right in front of them. They were around the wall. They just went marching into the city. What happened was that the wall sank. That this one moment, there was a wall. Next moment, there was no wall. The wall was pushed into the earth. They just cracked the wall around the place where that woman's house was. And the rest of it sank into the earth. So the the people of Jericho, one moment they were walled in. Next moment they were exposed. That man in the book explained that the angel said actually they had lined themselves. God had made it. They lined themselves around the wall. And when they got the signal, they pushed it down. So it was like, ah... Uh, that's, uh, that, of course, you don't build doctrine on angelic visitations until I read the scripture and the literal Hebrew says that the wall went down under itself. That's literal Hebrew. It didn't say it fell down. It said it went under itself. I said this man's angelic visitation was correct. 
So with such great victory, are you getting my point? Of course, everybody understood that this was not us. It had to be God. So next. Hey. Next. Like I said to you the other time, God has helped me. It's not even that this thing does not need prayer. I don't say that anymore. Every time I've said it in life, I've gotten into trouble. So the next battle to fight was the battle of I. And somebody said, this one does not need prayer, sir. They are few in number. We need only 3,000 men or they're about to go. They're a small group of people. We can handle them. We can handle them. <laughs> and you know what happened? Those guys, they, they drank one boldness and waited. They were desperate. There was nowhere else to go. They waited for the whole of Israel. As soon as they came, they walloped them. Israel was so terrified. And that's why I read from that Deuteronomy chapter 32. What happened? He said one began to chase a thousand. Two chased 10,000. In quote, you understand? He said, how could that happen? He said, it's simply because their rock has sold them and their Lord had given them up. They were routed by the people of Ai. And it shocked. Now, that's why I'm talking about it. It shocked Joshua. Joshua was shocked. Now, this is a normal human thing. Like I said, I saw the other one pastor saying the other day, Nigerian politics. He said, look, Redeem has many branches. Of course, let's just call all the big, big churches, Anglicans, so, Catholics, so, eh, everybody. That have, he said, look, politics is mobilization. It is grassroots. If we can harness all of this. I wanted to say, when you finish harnessing it, Egmont, what is the plan? So the church will become what? A political party, which will pick a political candidate, a candidate for office, and decide who runs for office. What are you, I know you are not thinking, all right? Man of God, you are not thinking. If you were thinking, you would have realized how foolish that thing was. You would have converted the house of God to a political party. He wasn't thinking. No, there are things you say you don't think about them. He was not thinking. He wasn't thinking. Again, that's what is called the arm of flesh. Once you start thinking that by the you know, calculation of your numerical strength, you are going to get victory in life. You have given yourself over to what the Bible calls the arm of flesh. And as a law, it will fail. It will, it will fail. As a law, it must fail. It's the law of God. It must fail. Now, listen, <laughs> you had better trust God. This life, eh? Oh, God. You have to learn to trust God. You have to. You have plenty of money. You have a need. Pray. Don't just say, this is not the kind of thing. No, no, we can solve this one with money. We, we used to believe such things. There are things we, we solve by prayer. There are things we solve by having money. Money is a God. Yeah, once you start, you start worshipping it. That's one thing I tell to people. If somebody is called to ministry and he has money by himself to fund ministry, I doubt your calling. Did I say you are not called? Did I say you are not called? What did I say? It's doubt, not doubt. Not doubt, it's just doubt. Because I've realized that money can call people to ministry. Money. Money calls people to ministry now. You want to do a program. All you need to do is just make sure that anytime you are doing the program, you give out a lot of food. You give us a lot of maybe money and souvenirs for coming for the program. Like I saw one video the other day. One guy said, ah, he said, oh, one, day my neighbor, one of my friends followed the video to me. What really happened was a skit. I don't know. This guy said, me and I help me thank God. Though. That his neighbor invited him to church. He said, that church, eh? hey, that service is one hour. This was abroad, one of these European countries. He said, when he got there, hey. That is, if you're a newcomer, wait behind. So his neighbor says, you can say he's not going to. His neighbor begged him to come. He now went. 
He said, he said, if you're a newcomer, I'll wait behind. He said, that one is, if you're, no, if you're a newcomer, please stand up. He said, if it's Nigerian, everybody will be shaking. This one, they didn't even shake him. They just say, hi, 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 hi. He said, he said, you should go wait in one room. He waited. He said, they first gave him chicken and chips. And they, they told him that um, normally they expect about three, four people. Since so the only one that came, whether he's willing to collect all the chicken and chips. <laughs> he said, why not? That, so they have some bottles of drink. They said, will you take it? He said, ah, why not? <laughs> he said, let me, they now gave him a pack, you know? Because all the chips, they have to be eaten that day. So they gave him that one. But they now gave him his own pack. He now brought everything else. He said, see perfume inside, see jug, see this, plus brand new canvas. Nike. He said, now nah, this church are going to go. <laughs> he said, man, every time go do. He said, and the service is only one hour. He said, they didn't even take my phone number. He said, if it's Nigeria, they will give you gala of mineral. And then, for that gala of mineral, every Saturday night, Sister Philo <laughs> and Brother Andrew will be in your house. <laughs> Brother, we need this church. Brother. He said, for gala of mineral. <laughs> now, what am I trying to say? If you do that kind of thing, your church will have members. Which is why I'm always there if you look. I'm not saying God doesn't can't call people who have money. I'm just saying be very careful. Money also calls people. What people like, um, where's the apostle? Okay. What people like him will do with prayer. Why do you have to pray? You just advertise we are doing program, but there's Nike for you, there's chicken and chips, and the place will be what? Will be full. Will be full. That's the problem with money. That's why many people have been called to ministry because they are very rich. Next thing they see, they start one evangelistic. Let, let, in case you are rich, let me just say, Pastor Bank, what should I do? Don't enter ministry like that. If you have money, look for those who are doing it properly. And part, when I say partner with them, I don't mean you be on their board. As I understand, so when they have money, they have to use it to tell you what to say. Pastor, that thing you said last Saturday, I don't like it. And I'm looking at you like you don't like it. Uh-huh. So what does it matter? In his mind, ah, oh God, do you know how much I give? Someone like me, I'm looking like your money perish with you, Simon the sorcerer. Yeah, you have to be a sorcerer for you to think I should listen to you just because you give an offering. Want yourself seriously. In case you are thinking like that, I hope you've, you've banished that thought. Now, I'm a very wicked solo. <laughs> I will do it like Peter did to Simon. Your money perish with you because you are giving money to ministry. We won't talk again because of you. Nonsense. <laughs> Let's leave that. How did I get there again? You know, once you forget into places. I'm not going to explain something like that. So, that's the danger of what? Prosperity. It starts telling you what to do. That's the point I'm making. You have to discipline yourself to continually walk by faith. Which was what happened, again, let's get back to it, to the people of Israel. These guys could muster an army of 30,000, but they were so confident. Go there. 3, 000, so they just relaxed. Guys, just take over that place. <laughs> Before they knew what was happening, those guys had been beaten. A few dozens of them were dead. Now, all of this story is not why I'm telling us about it. It was the way Joshua reacted. The normal person would say, what is wrong with you people? I was telling you that time, 3,000 men were too few. I said, let's go with 10,000. Who was the general commanding that battle? He says, Phineas, Phineas, come here. What do you mean? Did I not tell you that time we should go with 10,000? And you said 3,000 were enough? This is the problem. Now, we are going to re-strategize. How many people are we going to go with? You know, and the men that went, did they eat? Oh, God, I told you guys, don't serve them drink after the battle of Jericho. They'll be doing all the natural analysis. But listen to this. 
The Bible says, by faith, we understand that the loss in battle was not physically determined. Just like our victory over Jericho was not physically determined. Do you get what I'm saying here? That's what he meant when he says that by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So that the things that we see did not come out of the things that are visible. What did we see? We see loss in battle. We see the people of Israel running away before their enemies. We saw it. What caused it? The people were too few. Naturally speaking, yes. But the reality is what? No. What caused them to lose? It was because they, they were drunk? No. Physically, it may have been, but Joshua said, no, it cannot be. Now, listen to this. Faith helped him understand that if God gave them the victory, nobody could defeat them, no matter the mistakes they make. I hope you're getting my point. Faith helped him understand that our loss was not naturally determined. The loss in battle was spiritually determined. Faith helped him understand that the problem was not the soldiers. The problem was that God withdrew the hand of victory and turned it against us and it became the hand of defeat. So he shouted and laid before the presence of God, he and the elders, and he said, Lord, what happened? Why did you give us over into the hands of our enemies? I want that story to print in your mind because one thing that faith helps us do is that it helps us understand. Why did I start repeat that thing about how powerful faith is? If you have faith, to understand. Let me give an example. They said jobs are hard to come by. You need to have, for the few jobs that are there, you need to have a second class upper minimum and know somebody on the board. I hope you're getting my point. Do you get what I'm saying? That is the things that you see will come out of the things that are visible. But by faith you understand that no, is not that qualification. No, is not knowing somebody on the board. No, it's not how handsome I look or how well I dress. No, that is just on, now please get my point. Just understanding it. You just say simply, not from the east, nor from the west, comes exaltation. But God is judge. He brings down one and lifts up another. That's a simple statement. I hope you get my point. But that is the basis of your faith. By faith, you understand that you are not getting a job because of who you know or which school did you go to originally. The Bible says that the righteous are what? Bold. As what? A lion. So you get to a particular place. Everybody is afraid to go. But you know what? It doesn't cross your mind that people like you don't go there. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Let me give you an example. One of our brothers, he said something. If I want it, that, when I challenge him, no, not really challenge, I just say, why didn't you tell me? He said, but you told us we don't need to tell people that we know. And I apologized. That means I'm working on unbelief. Prosperity makes you, do you get my point? <laughs> so I'm misbehaving. He wanted a job in one of the big parasitals. Now, please, can I quickly say this again? Digression. I said it some time ago. Please, I'm begging you. The victims and the inferior person's mentality that Satan sells to people, never buy it. I mean, Enugu, let's talk to ourselves honestly. One of my classmates said something the other day. She's from Imo State or so. She made a statement. I said, you know, the Igbo race, a despised race in Nigeria. And I said to her, 
This is the problem of this country, people like you. There's this young lady, who was my student. So one day, of course, they, I teach fourth year. She graduated, they graduated in sixth year. So I had not seen her in a while. I saw her at the time before that because she had an issue which health matters. So she had to come to my department. So because she knew me, she came to see me about it and I helped out with some things. So one day I was driving on the road. I saw her. So I slowed down. Ah, young woman, how are you? Ah, good afternoon, sir. How have you been? Have you graduated? Yes, sir. Now if you're a doctor, next thing you do what? House job. Internship. Have you done your house job? I don't have a space yet, sir. It can be difficult sometimes to get spaces. Where have you tried? This, I said, but I, now listen to this. He said, I hear they have space in somewhere in Ogu State. And they're teaching us. I said, so why have you not gone there? I said, sir, you know Amibo, they won't take me. I didn't know when I jumped down from the car. <laughs> yeah, I was driving. I saw her walking past, so I stopped. So this conversation, I was in my car. I just wound down. The car was stationary, of course. I jumped down from the car. I said, what kind of thing is this? I asked her, have you ever been to Ogu? No. This girl, from what I checked that time, I don't think she had ever crossed River Niger. Yeah, I'm not joking. She had never been to Lagos. She had never been to Western Nigeria. So I said, who told you this? It grieved my heart. This girl is in her early 20s. She's facing life. Somebody told you her already. You are at a disadvantage. Now, not that you are black. Because that will be added to it later for you. No, you know that you are black will be added. It will be added. Somebody shared a video the other time. Said, let's build our country so that we won't have to take this kind of nonsense. One girl was obviously working in a home for elderly people. And a demented old woman was spitting on her. And she continued washing. They said, I said, this is not the problem of your country. It's the problem that you are willing to take nonsense. If you spit on me, woe betide you. I'm sorry to say it. You should see the video. But what to make me be patient is that this woman is obviously demented. No, not well. But someone now wanted to use it to show that it's because we did our country badly. That's how our people are going there and then people are spitting on them. You can't spit on me. <laughs> Let's just summarize it. I want to ask my God, what did I do? Just pray you're not in front. I don't have that attitude. I don't have that complex. I don't have it. If you are discriminated against me, you are the one that has the problem. My God owns you. Owns the land you are on. David Paulson described a story. He went to Australia or somewhere. I have one of his messages like that, old message. He said that there was this Nigerian bishop that came with his flowing regalia. He was referring to Archbishop Benson Idahosa. He didn't know him, but when he preached that message, he said he arrived. They were there at the, at the airport. He said this, that this bishop arrived from Nigeria with his flowing bishop's robes. He did not have a visa. When he came, where is he? He, said, he, said, he told them that I have as much right to be here as you. Telling the citizens of the country, immigration people. Now, David Paulson, a British man, was telling this story in a message. An encounter he just had somewhere. I think New Zealand or somewhere. He said, hey, Tony, look, I have as much right to be here as all of you. They looked at that. Why? He said, my father owns this country too. The person was looking like, Omo, where did this one come from? <laughs> After they put heads together, they issued him a visa right there and allowed him in. The person said, Lord, I covered this man's face. No, this was a British man. 
converting Archbishop Idaosa's faith. He said, when he saw the boldness, ah, he, no, now he, he preaches back home. We, you know, years later, decades later, we listened to his old messages and heard him refer to Archbishop Benson Idaosa that he met where he was just coming from. And he prayed that God, give me faith like this man. Please, I beg you. Don't let anybody sell and I'm a victim mentality to you. Reject it. I told you when I was coming to Enugu, they, they tried to sell it to me. You know where you are going? Your people are not there. I say, who are my people? So Jesus is not there. His angels are not there. Other children of God are not there. He says, it's better to stay at home amongst your people. I say, who are my people? You have to understand what faith does. Faith activates things for you. Shut some things down. I told them we don't get the point. Everywhere I go, the Lord surrounds me with favor as with his shield. And what I kept on saying, I said, Joseph was not an Egyptian, but he was favored in Egypt. Everywhere he went, favor surrounded him, defended him. He was a slave in the house of Potiphar. He was number one in the house after Potiphar and his wife. They conspired against him and landed in prison. Within a short while, he was the head of the prison after the warder. After that, a man he ministered to in that prison, God made him forget him for two years. At the end of the two, of two years, the man remembered him. Joseph became number one man in the whole of Egypt. And for you to understand where we are coming from, brethren, the Bible says when his brethren came, they could not even eat with the Egyptians. That's how lowly esteemed they were. Joseph understood them. So he said, make food, for, you know, prepare their table in another place. Why? They are shepherds. The Bible says the Egyptians despised the shepherds. Yet one of them was Joseph. But he was surrounded with favor as with his shield. And he became a head in the midst of those people. Brethren, please, have this, this, this above-only mentality when you are doing things. You can't start out life feeling inferior to anybody. You know the truth? I am not inferior to anybody. The Jesus in me is greater than whoever is in you. You've heard me say these things. May I not fear people, though? Say, Mami, Babalao, if I shake your hand, you will, you will find yourself out of, out of your court. You shook my hand. You have, you've lost your power. I'm not afraid to shake your hand. Do we look like mates? If I shake your hand, instead of you to infect me with your evil, all right, I dismantle your brain. Tell me the truth. You better learn righteousness or your brain will malfunction. The one they used to say then, they said they shook somebody. His man who disappeared. I was looking for who will shake me. Yeah, because what I want to disappear is your brain. Honestly, if you are that, if you are that kind of person, you shake my hand, within three months you have dementia. You have unsteady gait. You won't be able to walk straight. They will scan your brain and find out it is shrank. And you go to the court, they say, what happened? You say, ah, he shook a man of God's hand. Say, child of God, I will give you what they call demyelinating. Let me not begin this before I bite my tongue. All the demyelinating encephalopathies will happen in your life. Your, your brain will become small. The way baboons' brain be twice the size of your brain. No, that's my attitude. Though. That is my attitude in life. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. I can't even hear me feeling inferior because you. Are, you see, I believe in joining court. I, look, what I know now, eh, if I knew it, it, it wouldn't have been possible because I understand what God gave me, all right? But if 
God had given me this understanding, not give me Christ Jesus, I would have joined the cult. And I know Miss Mosma cult. I mean the kind of cult that look, there will be a room in the house where light does not enter. Where will be communing with the spirit because I realized that this life is not a physical life. So why didn't I join cult? You will say that statement is wrong. I joined. Is the one I joined we were discussing. The one I joined, we like light because we are sons of light. The one I joined is called, you see, it's in the scriptures. The mystery hidden from ages past, revealed in this generation in Christ Jesus. That's the one I joined. When I enter that cult, I'm superior. Every Oboni man knows. I'm, they know. You know that's the funny thing? They, they know. Now you know no book. You, in the, you join cult, you don't know the, the, what it entails. Nobody can do me like this and I'll be afraid. Do you know if I'm afraid? God will punish me. I can do that kind of that I don't pray about. Because if I go and pray about it, God says, you took him serious. I said, no, 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 I didn't pray about it. Sorry, I didn't take him seriously. When you do me like that, I do you like this. See, that, that one that I did, you, you can't sleep again. You'll be seeing my double eye. Once you close your eye, my, my eye will show up in your dreams. People of God, please. Either naturally, academically, Whatever, don't feel inferior to anybody. Don't be intimidated by anybody. Don't let them, you, know, you know, it shocks me that people respect rich people. I, I thought everybody was like me. I didn't care whether you're rich or poor. That's your problem. No, really. You're rich, you're poor. You, you think you're very rich, where I am. Since I was young, as, a, as a, on campus, students, learning the word of God, I always felt it was your problem. No, honestly, I always felt it was your problem. I have never seen any doses. Good enough, eh? maybe part of it is God helped me. There were some rich people around me that were very humble. So I couldn't even, do you, are you getting my point? So the one of my, one guy is here, my senior in school. His father owned a merchant bank. When hosted, eating from pots together. Later in life, I found that some small, small people that their father just took one or two billion from civil service, they want to be raising shoulder. What is wrong with you? I've seen people ten times richer than you. They didn't intimidate me. Look, as a young man, those days, I don't know. I could never, I never, I'm not joking. I never felt inferior to anybody in my life. In fact, my problem was pride. My problem was pride. Uh, not pride of natural thing. It's hallelujah. Praise God. We are victors in Christ Jesus. Amen. Life answers to us. Amen. All things are yours. Amen. That's what they taught me early. Please, I'm begging you. Never feel inferior to anybody in your life. Because faith, back to it, faith activates things. If I came to Enugu saying that, hey, you know I'm not from here. You know, I'll be, I'll be giving excuses everywhere I go for things I can't do. I did not feel for a moment. And for me, I don't know how I knew it. I just said, if you even try it with me, you're going to be playing tribalism. God will so punish you. That is, you know Abimelech. You know, he took Abraham's wife. You saw what God did to him. If you take my position because you're not from, you, according to you, you're not from here, God will let you know that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And this guy is my son. He said, Israel is my firstborn. Let my son go or I will kill your son. No, it's the kind of thing that I activate around me that I don't feel I don't feel anything for anybody. I don't. I don't. If you want to do business, we'll do it. If you want to talk, we'll talk. 
One time, if you tell me I'm not from here, I ask you, do you know where you're from? You don't even know where you're from. If I open my eyes, you will know that you are a son of adultery. And your real father is one mega that came from Adamawa. Is it because they raised you in Udi? You won't let us talk now. When God opened my eyes, when I tell you your great grandfather's history, yeah, I learned it. <laughs> you go surprised. The Lord is good. By faith, we interpret life. By faith, we interpret life. And what we have interpreted becomes real. That's where I'm going. That's where I was going to all of this talk. You know, I've seen people, every time they interpret, you know, a little thing happens. You see the interpretation. They are, you know, in their soul. You know, spiritual things, I said they are real. Hmm? There's something I quote once in a while. That David Johnson, the Australian prophet, passed on, on to be with the Lord a few years ago. He said something once. He said somebody asked him that, can demons read your mind? And he said, no. That question is irrelevant. They don't have to. That your thought process, it shows as you walk past. Now, I'm going to add many things to what he said. So, if fear is controlling you, as you are walking past, you smell of fear. You have this color around you that tells even demons that this guy is fearful. And they will come to scare you more. And don't forget, fearing, it began to sink. I hope you get my point. When fear grips you like that, you will sink in life. The condition of your heart, the condition of your soul, it reflects. Demons know who to possess, who not to possess. Like I tell people that you can't go around life looking gloomy, feeling sad. Nobody loves me. Everybody, I just have problems in this life. You will have problems. There's a young woman I knew. Every time. I want to take permission. Why? I'm not feeling well. I want to go to hospital. After some time, please, sir. Uh, they said that, uh, uh, clinical, I'm not feeling well. I need to travel for a checkup. I sat at that. I said, listen, you know your problem. Which one do you go to? She said, I'm a Catholic. I said, this Catholicism will not work right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I have nothing against her as being a Catholic. I just said, right now, for you, it will not work. She said, why? I said, there's no dancing there. You worship the Lord mournfully. Everything is, I said, no, no, no. I said, <laughs> I said to her, it will not work. I said, you know what you will do? She said, what? I said, go for early morning mass. You're a Catholic, have you? Early morning. Then by 7, you have finished mass. Then go down to Winner's Chapel. Go and join service. I said, when they beat drum for you, you go dancing with your soul. Do you get my point? That's what we are talking about. I told this girl. I said, no. This is what you are doing. She didn't listen to me. Another, eh, please, sir. She actually came to work one day. <laughs> what is it this time? They said that uh, she has fluid in her lungs. She has to go to hospital. And then she came. I said, this girl. You know, in my mind, I'm looking. I said, you will soon find what you are looking for. In that last time ahead, this time around, she found it. That cancer she has been praying for for a long time. Finally showed up in her breast. I'm not talking again. I said, she, for years I begged you. I just be going around like, like, say, Haba. Nevi Johnson told the story that there was one woman. You know, when he first said it, I took it, you know, with a pinch of salt. But even I used to narrate it. But later on, when I was explaining 
great is thy faith, I understood that the woman, Neville Johnson was right. That one woman, God wanted to take this woman away. She was 70-something. Why did God want to take her? I don't know. She was one American black woman like this. According to him, one fasting Christian woman. God wanted to take her. The woman said no. She had small sickness. When she will attack the sickness, sickness will say, even though the Lord sent me, I'm going. <laughs> she said there was nothing that anybody could do to her. She wakes up in the morning with a migraine. She will give the migraine a headache. You're not getting my point. You take migraine and make migraine sick. Migraine go wrong. If they say her heart is not beating well, she will warn the heart. The heart will apologize and rearrange. I'll be beating. She will count it 72 per minute. Her heart will say, yes, sir. Yes, ma. And she will go to church and go and worship. That God looks at, what do I do to this girl? Because, but I'm carrying her away. Neville Johnson said the only way God should get her, could get her was by surprise. One day she stepped into the middle of the road without looking. A boss hit her. Knocked her and she died. He said, but he saw it in the vision. Before the boss hit, the Lord took her away. He said, this girl, if this boss jammed her inside that body, the boss will... <laughs> ah, wala for the boss. It's everybody was like, hey, ah. But he was a prophet. He saw in the vision what happened. And he calmed everybody down. Say, God said, Neville, this girl gave me trouble. Just to carry her to go to heaven, I do all of this one. You know, before, when he said, I used to quote the story. But when it was when I was not reading that, Jesus said, daughter, great is thy faith. That even though the Lord has said nothing for you, she reached out from somewhere. God gave her one faith. She showed it to the Lord. Look at the faith. She said, oh, yes, yes. Your daughter is healed. Your daughter is healed. Uh-uh. That's why, listen, people of God, I'm talking about understanding. Faith gives you what? Understanding. He helps you interpret your life. You have to set yourself up for victory by constantly interpreting your life by faith. These people failed. Israel failed in battle. Joshua went on his face before God and interpreted everything by faith. He said, Lord, what happened? How come we lost to our enemies? How is it possible that Israel will run before our adversaries? Moses has said that how could one chase a thousand? Remember Joshua, Joshua came after Moses. He says only when the Lord, their rock, sells them and their Lord gives them up. He said, Lord, so why did you sell us? And the Lord now said, ah, good. I'm happy you understand that your life is not framed by the things that are visible. That's what I'm talking about it. It's not framed by the things that are visible. What are the things that are visible? They say you can't succeed in life. Do you know why? Because you did not go to university. I told you the man I met in Lagos. He said, why I don't read much is I stopped in primary six. And that's the man that picked me from the airport with the Rolls Royce. And he has three of them. Every 10 years, he buys a new one. Uh, Unduka, we're there together. He says, he says, it's interesting. This is why they invite me everywhere to speak now. Because I stopped school in primary six. There are people still in this generation giving stories. 
Like Nde Bakari said, he had a brother. That one will come to him. Brother, help me with money. You will give him. And he's collecting the money. Half brother, not full brother, half brother. Same father, different mothers. Say, so if we lay, ah, life has been very hard because our father died early. No, he said, my father died early. Next time he will come, say, bros, please, can you help me with something? Now I'll give him money. My children need to go to school, give him money. He's shaking his head, say, ah, this, this, this is my father's death. He really, really set me back in this life. That is a problem. He will come around that time. He said, one day, you know, this man said, don't look up. Then one day he couldn't take it anymore. As the man said, if only my father had not died. He said, he shouted, was your father not my father? I don't know whether you're getting my point. He shouted, me, I calmed down because I didn't want to scream. He shouted the man, that father of yours, was he not my father too? You had more years with him. You are my, you are my senior, my elder brother. And you are still giving it as an excuse. Years later, was it easy for the man talking to Nebakari? No, it was not easy for him. He said when he came to Lagos, he used to go from house to house washing clothes to make ends meet. He said, I will wash clothes in one house, go to the next house wash, go to the third house wash. So by the time I'm finishing washing the third house, I know the first house clothes are already dry. I return and start ironing. And when he said it that day, I was watching him on TV. He jumped down, picked one woman there. A dickiness in the church. He said, come! Did I not wash clothes for you and your husband? The woman was a dickiness in the church at that time. The woman laughed. Yes. Drag the woman. He said, come! Didn't I wash clothes for you and your husband? He was their washer boy. Now she's a dickiness in the church. Meanwhile, the other brother was telling the story. Even though our father, our father, who had to heaven. <laughs> yeah, he has gone to heaven. Please, people of God, this faith thing is not a joke. If you open your heart, you see, I'm going to emphasize something that, you know I said at the beginning, that faith creates, is a technology for living. It takes that which is real in heaven and makes it real on the earth. Now I need to say it, faith has a reverse, an opposite, which is fear, unbelief, doubt. But let me use the word now, Negative faith. There's a reason why I'm using that word. Okay? The good things of God, real faith, creates them. The negative things, the judgmental things of God, the things of the devil, negative faith activates them. So if you say I'm inferior, do you know life will make you inferior. You will fail so much in business, everybody will know you as a failure. Everywhere you go, doors will shut against you. And it will now confirm to you that you were right. Not knowing that it was what you chose to believe that became real in your life. I hope you're getting my point. He said, what are we supposed to do with faith? The genuine faith. By faith, we understand. That is, what is faith? Faith is whatever God has said is correct. What is faith? He said, he that comes to him must believe that he is. Now, what does it mean that he is? Now, listen. This is true. All right, I'm not just trying to preach. You know, sound nice. You can't come to him if, if you did not know he existed. Someone said, must believe that he exists. What do you mean? Why do you come to him if you did not know he was there? Which I think is an insult. And we tell me God exists, almost insulting in my ears. He's so, God is existence. I cannot be telling you whether existence exists. He that comes to God must believe something about God. 
must believe that he is. I, I have no choice but to tie it to the conversation he had with Moses. Who should I say sent me? Say to them, I am. No, he said, who are you? He said, I am. Who should I say sent me? He is. When you get there, tell them, he is. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Miles Moreau, first few times I listened to him, he taught us something there. He said, what does it mean when he says, I am? Or he is. He said, it's an incomplete statement that you have to fill in any time you need. That is like, for example, say, I am your shepherd. He is my shepherd. He is. But when I need to be shepherded, I will know what he is to me. I hope you're getting my point. He that comes to God for healing must believe that he is the healer. Do you get what I'm going to say here? He is is something. He that comes. So what is faith? Faith means that I come to God and know who he is. For example, we're talking about promotion in life. Established. This is not discussion. Not from the east, nor from the west comes exaltation. Not from the south. But God is judge. He brings down one and lifts up another. What does that tell me? The reason why I will be lifted or, listen to me, or not lifted is because of God. It's not because of my state of origin. It's not because of my qualification. It's not because of my natural skill. It is not because of my connection. The reason why I will be lifted or not lifted is because God is judged. If he declares that I am lifted, I am lifted. If he says, sit down here, you're not going anywhere. I can't go anywhere. For that reason, any time I come to you and I say, sir, promote me, and you say no, it is a sin to me as a believer and an activation of negative things in my life for me to go and meet my wife. And she says, did they give you the promotion? And I say, no. Say, why not? You know that man is from Udi and I'm from Kano. Once I say that, all the negative things that the devil has planned is activated in my life. Everywhere I go, anything that is negative tied to my being an Nkano man will start coming up. Will start coming up. The devil should be using it in accusation against me. Why? Because I opened my mouth when I left his presence and said, I did not get that promotion. Why? I'm an Nkano man and he's an Udi man. I've activated trouble. You know what faith does? He said, by faith, we understand. So what will happen there? Hello, sir. Am I getting the promotion? He said, no, sir. I'm sorry. We cannot give you. And I leave. And I get back home. And my wife says, what happened? I said, he didn't get it. Why? He did not please the Lord. Period. I'm not angry with him. I don't care who he is. I don't care what he has. I don't care about his power. I just know one thing for certain. He did not please the Lord. That's what is called faith. By faith, I understand that my experience is not shaped by my state of origin or his own state of origin, but by the will and plan of God. So next time I step into another place, that faith has activated divine judgment over my life. Because when you say God, Daniel, that means not the word Daniel. Daniel means God is my judge. Literally, me, Dan is judge. God, the judge. So when I personalize, I say, God is my judge. What does it mean to be my judge? He's the one that lifts me up. So by reacting to him that way, next time I go to a place, the only thing that will come into effect 
is whether God is pleased or is not pleased. In fact, my experience with him was a temptation. Was a trial. God needed to record for heaven to know that I understand by faith. And faith not being an arbitrary thing, I hope you're getting my point, being an activating technology, starts activating promotion for me as long as it pleases God. So this time around, I come around and I come to this other man. Hello, sir. I need promotion as far as your business is concerned. And he looks at me and in his mind, he says, this guy, he's not from our side. If I promote him now, it will not work. I hope you're getting my point. And he says, see me tomorrow. With his mind made up, that nothing for me. Then he goes home. He tells his wife, there's one black guy that came this afternoon. The guy's an uncanny man. And then the wife says, my husband, I was sleeping this night. And I dreamt that one man came out of a canoe, asked you for a favor, for a drink of water you did not give him, and a rock fell and crushed you. <laughs> yeah, because, do you know this God? Do you know this God? Now, when I say people laugh, do you know he does such things? Oh, he does it all the time. He pilots wife, saves pilots life. Pilate washed his hand because of what his wife told him and washed the, the judgment on the people of Israel. And they said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children. As at 1940, they were still suffering that statement. Over 1,900 years later, they were still suffering for that statement. Let his blood be upon us and upon our children. Pilate said, my hand no day. He washed it away because God gave him warning through his wife. You think I'm joking? Of course not. Abimelech took Abraham's wife. God came, was waiting for him in the dream like this. You know the way, when you want to sleep, God don't sleep before you, in quote. You don't enter that place before you. As you enter, say Abimelech, you're a dead man. Is it care? Which one is dead in this matter? Say you took a prophet's wife. Ah, okay. You know what happened. He was the one, God said, that's what I came to tell you. You want Abimelech. Now, what many people don't realize is that God does that all the time. When Jacob was coming back home, first, Laban rushed to go and meet Jacob. And God told Laban, when you meet him tomorrow, don't say anything. Don't bless him. Don't curse him. Just shut your mouth. Otherwise, I handle you myself. When he left Laban successfully, he divided his children and his wife to different companies. And he sent goods ahead. Because of who? His brother Esau. What I read in one, one of those commentaries, one of those books written about that and quoted uh, in the Bible, detailed explanation of what happened. Exactly what God did with Laban. Did also with Esau. If you read your Bible, Esau came and was kissing them and was talking nice. All this for me? No now. Ah, me to have been blessed. Oh, no. It was that a detachment of angels met him on the way during the night. And said, where are you going? Esau came for war. And the angels warned him. They are going to meet Jacob. Be nice. <laughs> That's why he was speaking all that kind of, ah, you are my brother. You are my brother. These are my children. Why wouldn't they be your children? When angels are watching with cocked gun. <laughs> one angel looking like, that. you know, there are some angels that are very wicked. They like to kill people. So one put gun in your head. What did you say? I told him he's my brother. I said, good, good. Say, do you mean it? I mean it. Kiss him. Uh-huh, my brother. And the guy, he uncocks the gun, hangs it. 
I'll be back. And <laughs> that is, that is it. You try that nonsense again. No, that's what, the, that's what, that's what it does. So you, it, it might sound like a joke, but that's actually what the Lord will do. The man had made up his mind. I'm not going to do you a favor. You know you are not from here. <laughs> God tells his wife, you love your husband? She says yes. And the Lord says, warn him. And you like, warn him about what? She won't know. She will just sleep. And then the man comes back home and drops that gist. He said, oh boy, the rock fell. And they crushed you to powder. What did I do? You denied an uncannel man a favor. The man will come next day. When you return, he says, you come next day. He says, I'm back, sir. It's people like you we need in this company. <laughs> it's people like you. In fact, which position, where did you say you wanted to be our major distributor? No, no, no. For you, not major distribution. You are not going to be, not only major distributor, you are going to be, what's higher than that? You are not going to be sole distributor. In fact, do you have a brother that wants to distribute too? <laughs> and you, be, you look like, excuse me, sir. Uh, that would have been nice, but I can't afford that, cap, uh, that uh, capital. Capital? What are brothers for? <laughs> capital is my other name. Hey! You will know the guy seen the rock about to fall on his head. <laughs> you, you think the guy... <laughs> that is what faith does. Can I digress a bit? Politics. <laughs> Brethren, you know, if you've heard me talk about this thing that's going on in Nigeria, that's why I keep on saying that the church, they don't understand the power of God. The way they talk, they don't understand the power of God. They think God, listen to me, they think God is only obeyed by his children. It's not true. So that's why they say, that, ah, let's come together. Put one person. I said, listen, if God anoints by himself and say, this man, I have chosen you, his enemies will campaign for him. Oh, I pray. When I see the church talk, I say, you people don't know anything. Let the world play their policy. Don't bring it to church. Some woman talking yesterday. Ah, God. I say, did you see Samuel beg people to pick Saul? He crossed his leg and was watching them. They were casting lots. He said, cast it from now till tomorrow. I know where it will land. People, you know, people don't understand the power of God. I said, one day a young lady came to my office. She did something. Eh? She walked to me and said, I was new in Enugu. Just came, I'm very sure. A few weeks before that. Maximum maybe two months or so. I'm not sure I was up to two months. I was in my office walking. Somebody wanted to see you. Don't know how she walked in. Hello, can I help you? He said, God said I should come and see you. You know me. You know I know they believe. You can't harass me with your spirituality. The young lady said, God said I should come and see you. She didn't know how much she just put me off by that statement. If you need a favor, ask for it. Don't come and intimidate me and harass me. I've seen prophetesses older than you. More anointed than you. And I did not even believe them. So who are you? That was what I thought. God said she come and meet me. She said yes. I said to do what for you? I'm a final year student. I came from the University of Port Harcourt. I need this, this, and this, and that. I said, do you know how much work I have to do? What she did not know was that she put me off nicely by saying, God said, I felt you want to harass me with spirituality. It will not work here. I said, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. Can't help you. So she turned to leave. And I guess the Lord said, Banky, I actually sent her. What is wrong with your head? <laughs> I didn't hear anything like that. But she was about to, she was stepping out of my door. But I really, I was busy. You must understand. I was extremely busy. I was the only lecturer. I was the only specialist uh, pathologist there. All the work was on my head. One or two people that used to come just came maybe a few days of the week or month and go away. I was working. I, was about to say, I just said, what is it that you said you wanted? 
As soon as I said, what is that you say you wanted self? The girl was back on my table. Bam, her bag was open. She had brought out all her slides. That she's working on the respiratory system. She needs somebody to interpret her slides for her. And because there are a number of them, that too, the doctors, the young doctors over there, were charging them highly, and they were, of course, there were a lot of them. So, God said to her, go to Enugu. Go and meet a pathologist that is there. He will help you. God actually said, because the reason is that there was no way on earth she would have known I was here. I just arrived shortly before. Before then, there was nobody. And I was the only person. As soon as she brought it out like this, I still remember a grace came upon me. Let me see. Out of anger, like rubbish. <laughs> I don't waste my time. What is that? He said, this I cut from me. I put it out of my microscope. As I'm running commentary, the girl is writing, writing. Can I see the next one? Pam. I look. I pass comments. She's writing, writing. At the end of the day, it don't know me like less than an hour. I can't give you details now. There are things I did not even remember that I knew. That as I was looking at her slides, it just comes back to my mind. I'm not a specialist in lung pathology. So it's not something that I'm just looking like this. I just say, you know what these are? I, I'll tell her, look, she will look. What is that? She's mumbling. I will first abuse her very well. You're a fan of yes, doing anatomy. You don't know this. You should. I quickly give her a short lecture. She's taking notes rapidly. Less than an hour later, I was done. The girl herself was alarmed. She was shocked. Her paper was full. Her work was done. It didn't take more than an hour. She turned. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. She turned to leave. Then typically, she looked. She came back. Brought her some money. and said, whether I could have it. I gave her another lecture on how poor she was and how rich I was. <laughs> and I told her the money she's dashing me. It's a fraction of what I earn in a day. So she should get out. <laughs> so she humbly put her money back in her bag, apologized, and left. After the girl stepped out, then he hit me. God sent this girl. It was when she started. I said, wait, wait, wait. Do you know, this girl paid nothing. It's not a bragging thing. I did for her better than the people she would have paid back there. One, she was meeting young people who were not specialists. One. Number two, there was a grace that came upon me to help her that day. I remember it well. So I told myself, I said, indeed, God sent this girl. Yes, she was not tactful. Not know that you don't harass your elders. With God sent me. Yeah, what she should have just done? She should have just come in now, just for her to understand some things. She'll have just come in nicely and said, Good afternoon, sir. I know you are very busy, but please, could you spare some time to help me? I'm in distress. Do you understand? I will still have helped her. But let's leave. For God, you said you did not say it doesn't matter. You said it in a nice way, but you didn't say it at all. Like I tell young women, if a man comes to you and says, God said you should marry me, don't let him harass you, but also. Just know if my doesn't know how to say it nicely. Still consider it. Do you get my point? Don't say, how can he come and come and intimidate me with spirituality? He may be really spiritual. I hope you get my point. And some spiritual people don't have sense. That's just the problem. So they don't. <laughs> to them, that's how to obey God. Praise God. As I was praying this morning, and I was praying, and I saw the heaven open, and you descended like a dove, and you alighted upon me. <laughs> Don't be offended. Are you putting my point? Just look at the same bro. It's not like that. So God is forcing me, you to marry me, Abby. 
Go and ask God to put the love for you in my heart. Then come back. And, David, why are you looking guilty? <laughs> the guy is looking really good. You, you know, let me tell you. The first time I saw them, I had to thank Jesus' room. Say, thank you. The guy was looking too happy. I was just looking at her. I said, Jesus' room, thank you. I don't know this guy. You are the one that brought him to me. But I want to thank you for agreeing to me. Because he's looking too happy. If you had said no, this guy will have jumped over the river. <laughs> tell him. No, I'm telling you. The Lord is good. Why did I tell that story? Eh? So let us understand something. All right? Faith activates favor. But you have to activate your faith properly by using it to understand your life. You know what God has taught me? If, my tire, if I have a flat tire, I look for which angel put something in my tire. I don't believe it's a game of chance. I told you the other day, a kekemai ran into my fine ride. In fact, to my surprise, people are still discovering it six months after. Today, Victor decided to follow me out. As soon as I parked, he said, Daddy, what happened to your car here? And I'm looking like, we live in the same house. You enter this car often enough. This guy is parked here every day. You are just seeing that, it is, that this thing has a dent here. Ha. He had never noticed. And I get that. When the tall reverend, nobody the other day was asking me, see, this thing happened months ago now. You guys are just seeing it. But you know, the day that happened, I've told the story here before. I took it as a correction from the Lord about some things. It's as if God wanted to get my attention, knocked me back into my senses. And I told him I was sorry. Made some adjustments in my mind. And I continued going. He didn't take any offense because it wasn't, it was, even though it was a keke that hit me, it was an unnatural driver that caused the problem at the traffic light. He ran the red light. In trying to avoid him was when this happened. But then as soon as it happened, I'm like, God, what is going on? I have never believed. Go and read my book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. Read the last chapter. You'll see troubles that came to my life. It never crosses my mind. Devil, devil, do I, do, are we in the same family? I am like Joshua. I lie down before the Lord. And I say, why is Israel running away from her enemies? Why did you give them up? Why did, the rock, did their rock sell them? Why did their Lord give them up? By faith, I understand. If I get money, if it's 500 naira, I say, Lord, thank you. There's a word you gave to me long ago. Which says, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Lord, thank you. If the money comes in abundance, I say the same thing. If it comes in trickles, I say the same thing. I don't consider anything as a game of chance. I don't believe. People say, ah, hey, let your students study this so, so you can become this tomorrow. I say, eh? Wait, do you even know what they are supposed to be? You don't. So I tell my children, anything you want, look, listen, just go and decide what you will enjoy. All I'm concerned about is be educated. When you're educated, you are ready for the master's use. I hope you're getting my point. And the master will use you the way he wants to use you. There's nothing you study that will guarantee what you will be tomorrow. Some of these biggest pastors will make noise about them. They went to school. For me, I studied medicine in school. It was my Bible school. Standing along in school, we learned leadership. We learned, God knew what he was doing. But you know, if he had revealed to me that you are going to be a Bible teacher, 
I probably would have decided to go to a seminary and miss certain critical trainings he wanted to give me. Please, I hope you're getting my point. By faith, we do what we understand. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. Please, this is, a, this is an illustration I've used many times, but I can't help it. I have to use it again. It's, my, it's just a, to show you the discipline in it. To show you the discipline in it. One day, one of my colleagues, he applied to work in an institution here. They did not employ him. You know what he said? It's a crazy life. What he said is that this, this institution is in Enugu. He said it's because it's from Enugu State. And a number of people are trying to live. Yeah, yeah. He said this in my hearing. That it's because he's an Enugu man. And a number of people want to colobi the place. What is the English word for colobi? No, no, they, they are taking over. They dominate. They want to retain their dominance. So I looked at him. I said, that's not what happened. He said, no, that was what happened. I said, how could he have been? And I showed him. He said, no, they didn't have enough people. Why come? I said, no, wait. You can't say they didn't have enough people. You are comparing to when people like me came to town here. One, nobody, I came in number one. Of course, their doors were wide open. Fine, thank God for that. But when you are coming to that, your own segment, check about, think about it. They already have four. They were not under pressure anymore. He said, no. Finally, I had to, he's a believer, so I had to caution him. I said, my brother, it's not right. I said, listen, what will you say about this? Which is why I'm telling you the story. That's, how I, that's for my perfect illustration. If you know about headship, where three people in about the same level, then we're all senior lecturers. Let's call the other person Dr. A, and that fellow Dr. B, and then me, you know me. So call, call, oh no, let's call me Dr. B, the other guy Dr. C, all right, just to make it easy. So Dr. A was H, Dr. C was HOD. So he rotates, he went to Dr. A. After two years, for certain reasons, people were kind of eager that, look, they want this guy's tenure to end so that it will now be my turn. And really, I was waiting for, not, I'm not eager for the job, but it was not my, it's a rotational thing. So you expect to go to Dr. B next, right? Oh, I forgot to mention to you, of all the people, both senior and junior, there, Dr. B, me, is the only Yoruba man there. Every other person is a Biafran. <laughs> you get what I'm going to say? They were all Igbo people, either from... Um, Anambra, I think, Imo. Yeah, no, Anambra, okay, good. So from Dr. A, he's supposed to go now to Dr. B. He rotates, except that he went from Dr. A and jumped over Dr. B to Dr. C. What is the normal Nigerian interpretation? Tribalism, nepotism, discrimination, marginalization. These are the words we use every day which Christians believe. Then Dr. A, who happens to be an Anambraman, he came to me that this is wrong. I said, yeah, I think it is wrong. He said, this is tribalism. I told him, don't say that again. He said, no, what else could it be? I said, don't say it again. It was a poison I refused to swallow. I said, no, you don't say it to me. I won't bite. He said, what is going on here? I said, excuse me. I refuse to bite. Drop it. I forced him to drop the idea. I didn't let any... Now, listen to me. It's the easiest thing to sell. No, think about the scenario. A young man from here went to somewhere in the West. I sent him on posting. Went to the, when he came, he failed very well. He came back. He said, it's because he's an evil man. That's why they failed him. 
Yes. This was the University of Ife. That's Obafemi University. So he went, gathered all the Igbo professors there to come and talk to his prof. Yes, he did that. But luckily for him, his prof was not around that day. Because he would have offended the man to the bones. And the man would have, the man would have torn him and the other people he brought to pieces. I said, look at this guy. Silly human being. Of course, he was being ridiculous. Why? His prof happens to be from my state, naturally speaking. Yet, when he will come to Enugu, he will greet me, Banki, how are you? I'm fine, sir. And go and hobnob with another guy who trained in that place who happens to be from Anambra State. Is this guy. Me will just greet me in person and virtually walk by me and there was nothing to it. This was his resident. He trained this guy, and the guy passed in the same institution. One day, this, when he finished all of that, when he came back to Enugu, one day, one senior prof called me. I was sitting in my department that time, so I got to his office. Ah, good afternoon, sir. He said, please. He was sitting down there. That the other guy. He said, look, look at the situation. I said, this one. I said, sir, I'm happy he called you. He came to see you. Let me tell you the truth about him. I said, he's lazy, irresponsible, undependable. No, I gave him the story of his life. I said, by the way, that old guy that is talking about, I said, the man called me and asked me whether he's still working, whether we have sacked him. I said, yeah, I said, because he's a sackable creature. This one? <laughs> I washed him down thoroughly in front of the big man. I said, sir, don't let this guy deceive you. He is in, that is, he is the problem. I knew him. When I finished, the old prof looked and said, please, you step outside. Let me talk to your guy. He said, he said, please, what, what do we do for him now? I said, hey, let, let's let human beings talk. Let that guy stay outside. <laughs> no, really. You turn every, you know, you look for a way to just run your own deficiencies. You have to blame it on something else. But it's not the one I'm talking about. It's me I'm talking about. The day they tried it with me, I told the person, stop it. Stop it. I said, me? I came armed with the favor of God. That God, just, and these are the things I've been telling you in my life. I now know nothing is predictable. He said, like, oh, God, I know it's your turn. I said, hey, go and ask the Oga Quata Quata whose turn it is. If he says it's not my turn, it is not my turn. I've learned to beg him for everything. The only thing I'm denied in life is the thing that he did not give me. Listen, my, fa- my wife's father could not have said no. We had angels on assignment. When they enter into the dream. Do you know there was one sister in this town, I've told you the story, eh? That he married her, she married her husband without ever, ever meeting him. I've told you the story a number of times. One part of it that I probably didn't tell you was why he was, she was thinking about it. The Lord came to her in the dream and said, what is the problem? You don't want to marry my son? I didn't tell you that part of the story. She dreamt. The Lord said, what is it? You don't want to marry my son? What is it? That is, when the Lord caught eye for him, he wake up next day, I go marry, I beg, don't come and kill somebody for nothing. It was a revelation in the dream. He said, oh, you don't want to marry my son? That was not a question. That was a warning. <laughs> By faith, we understand. We can't understand with unbelief. 
You asked woman to marry, she said no. You now start giving stories of your ancestral problems. Will she marry everybody? You are seven, number 17 to come to her house. Everybody get ancestral problems like you. Leave the place and say, it did not please the Lord. I was walking in the flesh. She is not the will of God. I made a mistake in my assessment. By faith, we understand. That's what I'm going to emphasize. When they want you to understand with unbelief, reject it. When they want to use unbelief to explain your life to you, say no. That's what I'm saying. Explain it by faith. If something does not work for you, say, it did not please the Lord. Let's say, I will wait until my change comes. You will explain that the Lord will show me mercy. And when it's said time to favor Zion comes, nothing. What did he say? I will call a bird of prey from the east and the man of my purpose from a distant country. You will say, that is what God will do for me. What are you trying to do? You are, act, you are understanding your life by faith. Sometimes you look around there, some things may want to appear disappointing around you. For me, I don't accept it. Like I said to you the other day, I said at this age, I've made up my mind, eh? That I made my choices 20 years ago, 30 years ago. That's what's bringing me here. If God wants me to make adjustments, you let me know. But I'm not going to ha- worry my head about anything now. And I said, hey, you want a brought to go and look for money? I said, money that God won't bring to Enugu, you should leave it. Yeah. I made my choices long ago. It's guiding me now. So if, if there's areas we should make adjustments, we will make adjustments. But I'm not going to harass me. See, what are, if anything I got, if, oh, my father. See, God is opening my doors. He's closing the ones that are not mine. If it disappoints me, it's your problem. Because if God wants to give me something, if he sends it through you, you don't want to deliver it, you will bring double portion to somebody better than you. And you cannot, it is not possible, you cannot effectively stand on my path. Let me tell any one of us got to be into, into politics. Bear this in mind. See, the people that are sitting in positions of power, they are ordained by God. Just, just put it in your mind. Just, that is, just put it in mind. Just put it in mind. Just put it in mind. Don't, don't even do anything with it. Just put it in mind. That's why I tell the story of our brother who came and said, the Lord said, I am going to make you a counselor. This is what you are going to do. He did it. He wanted to be chairman. God came and said, you will not be. God said clear to him, you will not be. He tried and God scuttled it. This is people of God. By faith, we do what? By faith, we do what? By faith, we do what? Let me end it there. Remember, interpret your life by faith. By doing that, you are activating the power of God in every aspect of your life. Bow down your head. Thank you, Lord. Thanks. Now, please, quickly, take a minute. Interpret something. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we are like them that dream. For somebody here, it looks like that captivity has not been turned. You know what God is saying? Continue working on your spiritual development. A time will come, the cloud will be full. It will pour forth rain. I will open doors for you when you are not looking for doors. I will open doors bigger than the one you could have asked me to open for you. Don't worry. Just continue walking. Continue the walk. Don't ever think I have suffered enough. Don't ever think I have done enough. Just continue. The only day you will know that that season is over is when I open a new door for you. Just, just relax. Relax. People of God, interpret something in your life today by faith. Oh, later on we will talk about it. We have to interpret this nation by faith. I don't have enough time today to start to that, that one. 
But we must interpret this nation by faith. 